Good morning. Good to see everyone. Special day today for our nation. Uh, and it's just great that we can gather in peace and celebrate the Lord and worship in the way that we want and the way that we like. Now, you know, today, of course, we celebrate our nation's birthday. And we know that there is no nation on earth that is perfect. In fact, we know that there is no church on earth that is perfect. But we do know that many of our founding fathers were men of faith. And that's very clear from their own writings and from the testimony. And we know that one of their top priorities of our founding fathers was that in this new nation, there was going to be a king. It would be a government of the people for the people. And there were even suggestions back in our nation's founding. Somebody said to George Washington, why don't you go ahead and just become king? He said, that's not what we did this for. <laughs> we, we, got, we wanted to get away from a king. And you know, also, our founders held very highly the principles of freedom of religion and freedom of speech, just to name the first couple. And they believed that the role was not for the government to become powerful, but to guard and protect the rights of citizens. They wanted to establish a nation of free people. So we thank God for our nation on this special day, on our nation's birthday. We thank God for the founders who sacrificed so much to build this nation, to start this nation. And, you know, for the fact that it has thrived for over 200 years. And now we want to continuously pray for our nation because we know that we're going through troubled times and that, you know, we're, we're being pulled in two different directions, at least two different directions. But, you know, as nice as it is to be a part of a nation that has political freedom, as Christians, we know that there is a freedom far greater and far more important than political freedom. And we're into that kind of freedom. It's our freedom in Christ. Christ offers us freedom from our sins by offering us forgiveness of sins. So many times people will, if you ask them if they think they're going to heaven, they're trying to think if they've been good enough that's not the issue, is it? The issue is, have my sins been forgiven? And on this day of celebrating our political freedom and religious freedom, being in this nation, some in the church of Jesus Christ have designated this day as the day of the Christian martyr. And so... We are going to take part in this, uh, this observance of the day of the Christian martyr by briefly looking at one person's strong faith in Christ. And <clears throat> we want to be reminded of what true, ultimate freedom is really all about. Then we will look at, you know, a passage that talks about freedom in the Bible, justification, and we'll look into that. 
and then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. It's a, it's a celebration that we have that's supposed to bring us together as one in Christ because we're acknowledging that Christ is our life, his body and his blood for our salvation. That's what gives us life. But I want to start out with a short video, just a few-minute video. It's a reenactment of one brave believer whose motto was, all who come here will hear about Christ. This is the lady that was in, um, what, what nation was she in? Colombia, Colombia. Okay, so, Adrian, would you go ahead? James Pino and his wife, Rocio, had already gone to bed for the night when they heard an unexpected knock at the front door. When James opened the door, he was met by two men asking for help with their motorcycle. He went outside to help, while one of the men stayed by the door where Rocio stood watching her husband. Is your name Maria? The man asked her. No, I'm Rocio Pino, she replied. Suddenly, three gunshots shattered the stillness of the night, and when James turned around, he saw his wife fall to the ground. The attackers then jumped on their motorcycle and sped away. Because they lived in one of Colombia's red zones, areas controlled by the Armed Revolutionary Forces of Colombia, FARC, no emergency services would respond. The road to their village was heavily mined and guarded by armed FARC guerrillas. So James and his daughters were left to watch Rocio die on their front doorstep. Rocio was known for sharing the gospel with everyone she met, especially the guerrilla fighters. All who come here will hear about Christ, she had said. James later learned that Rocio's killers were probably retaliating against her for witnessing to a female guerrilla who had stopped by their house a few weeks earlier. The Lord is waiting for you, she had told the woman, handing her a New Testament. James knew the killers. They had arrived in the community two weeks earlier and introduced themselves as members of the FARC. Like many other guerrillas in the area, they occasionally stopped to talk with James. He struggles now to forgive them. That step is very difficult to say. When I see her attackers, I forgive you knowing that these are scars that never get erased, he said. After the attack, James and his daughters moved to a safer area. Rocio took seriously Jesus' great commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, 19. Knowing the risks, she and her husband chose to live and share the gospel in a dangerous area of Colombia. 
though it cost Rocio her life. It was a decision that was worthy of Jesus and the advancement of his gospel. all who come here will hear of Christ, hear about Christ. She knew the extreme dangers of speaking out for Christ. And in fact, we had a, a fellow here that went to church, that attended our church for a while, and he was on his way to go to Columbia. And he was doing Bible translation, and he was coming here to learn Bible translation. And he stayed here a year or two. And so he went to Columbia, but got called back home not long after he went because of the unrest and because of the danger to the missionaries. So he's, his name was Cam, and he lives in Canada. <clears throat> but we got to be good friends with him. Some of us did. So why do Christians risk such dangers for the sake of the gospel? Why even become a Christian if that's part of what it is to be a Christian. If there's a danger of losing our lives, why sign up? Well, in Romans chapter 5, it gives us some good reasons. We're just going to look at a few verses this morning. But in Romans chapter 5, in verse 1, it says... Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, and the word justified means we've been made righteous, we've been made acceptable to God, we've been justified through faith, through our belief, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace and in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. <clears throat> Why do we sign up for Christianity? Why do we share the faith? Why do we continue on if people are against us? Well, when we turn to Christ as our Savior, we come to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And that's the only way that we can have eternal life, is through forgiveness of our sins. And we put our full trust in his death on the cross to cleanse us from our sins because his death paid for every sin. And it's the only payment that there is for sin is Jesus' death on the cross. Then the Bible says here that we are justified. We are made righteous in God's eyes. And what that means is that we are forgiven of our sins. It doesn't mean that we are righteous in action although we try to move down that road, right? We try to become better people. But our spiritual state before God is one of righteousness because our sins are all laid upon Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for our sins. The penalty has been paid if our faith is in Christ. And that means we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, <clears throat> You know, peace can be used in different ways. 
different nuances or whatever. But you know how uncomfortable it is and how awkward it is or unpleasant when there is some unsolved problem between you and another person. Either a friend or a relative or somebody you go to church with. When there's something there that just hasn't been solved, some past problem, some misunderstanding. You know, it could be a relative, could be someone in the neighborhood. There's that awkwardness, that unpleasantness. You almost don't want to meet them anymore. And even if you both act like everything is fine, so many times it's not really fine, is it? There's just that unsettledness inside. And it isn't really truly fine until there has been some sort of reconciliation. You've worked through it and you've come to an agreement. Well, these verses, what they are saying is that before we come to Jesus Christ and ask Him for forgiveness... We do not have peace between us and God. There's something that's holding us apart from God. But when we come to Christ in repentance of our sins and ask Him for forgiveness and trusting that His death on the cross did pay for our sins, you know, we have to trust in that, and accepting His promise to forgive our sins, Until we do that, we do not have true peace between God and us. But when we humble ourselves, we admit our sins, and we throw ourselves at His mercy, then we come to Him on His terms, and then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ then we can truly rest in Him as fully justified, forgiven, and fully made righteous, even though we're not perfect people. Even though we still do things that are wrong. Even though our, our actions don't totally live up to being you know, righteous. But isn't it great when you know that you are fully accepted by God as justified, as considered righteous. Isn't that a good thing? And that's what Paul's talking about. He says, now there's peace with God. Even though we know that we are still still not sinless or perfect, but yet before God, we know that our sins are forgiven. Why? Because Christ took on our punishment. He paid the full price for our sins. And if our faith is in Him, then we are justified on the basis of that faith. Because that's the way God set it up. And if He didn't set it up that way, people say, well, that's too easy. But you know, if it wasn't for that, nobody would be saved. So it has to be by faith. It has to be by God's work, by Jesus Christ dying on the cross, paying for our sins for us in order for anybody to be saved. And this is why people like Rocio, Rocio will risk desk, death in order to share the gospel message. And this is why she adopted her motto, her pledge, all who come here will hear about Christ. Even though in that very dangerous red zone area in Colombia, 
she knew that any time she could be killed for that or punished or taken to jail or anything. But even though knowing that, she said she would share the, share the message of Christ. Now, you know, I mentioned earlier that some <clears throat> have designated this Sunday as the day of the Christian martyr. Because even though we enjoy political freedom in our nation, a measure of political freedom, there are people throughout the world who are suffering for the cause of Christ. Many who are serving prison sentences. Many who have been driven from their homes and have to live in, you know, tents. And they have to run to other countries where, where they'll let them in. Many who are killed for following Christ. And, you know, we have not had to face that type of persecution largely because of the way our founders set up the laws of our nation. However, we do know that our landscape is changing, isn't it? I mean, <clears throat> we were a very, very friendly culture to Christianity. I mean, there was a time at the beginning of our nation, <clears throat> as schools were starting, and they were having the Bible as a textbook. And some people came and said, well, why don't we just teach morals without the Bible? This was early in our nation's time. And that, went, that ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court, trying to take the Bible out of schools. <clears throat> and the, they ruled, the Supreme Court ruled, how could you have school without the Bible? How would they learn what's good and what's, what's not? It's like, you, you can't even do that. Just think how much that has changed now. But, you know, we can be encouraged by the faith and bravery of Christians like Rocio. And we can take, you know, her witness and her bravery and just try to live faithfully by a bravery like that. We can be a witness in our country, in our town, in our neighborhoods. We can be a witness in our places of work, even though it's a little uncomfortable, even though we may lose a friend, even though we may get made fun of. We can take a time, we can take advantage even of this time of, of this division in our nation, in unrest, in animosity, and when some people are trying to promote things that are so backwards and so unscientific, I mean, they're against the very thing you're looking at. It's like, what? And so, you know, completely out of normalcy. And so this would be a great time for us to share the gospel, which is just good sense. It's just what is right. And it's the love of God. And it's the way to salvation. And we can show them true Christian love and what friendship is all about. And I know that many of you do this. And so I'm just saying this as a friendly reminder and encouragement. <clears throat> Not that nobody's doing it. But as more of our country turns away from God, <clears throat> excuse me, we are able to show 
the people in our neighborhoods and where we work, we're able to show them a true picture of God's love. <clears throat> people are defining love by terms that are just like, don't even come close to love. And we can show them what it truly means to love someone. So many who are agent, against God, you know, they will list these reasons, but they've never really looked at God for who he truly is. And we can give them that picture. We can tell them the truth. <clears throat> now I want you to listen to the story of a 15-year-old girl named Saw, S-A. And she was faced with the choice of choosing Christ or choosing her family. It says, after several conversations about Jesus with her friend Peng, 15-year-old Saul finally accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. Leaders in Saul's village have a history of persecuting Christians and expelling them from the village. <clears throat> when Saul's parents learned that she had accepted Christ and was attending church, they yelled at her for following the religion of foreigners. Despite their anger, Saul remained firm in faith. 15-year-old girl. Soon her parents took her clothes and threw them outside, telling her to go live with the Christians. So Saul now is currently staying with Peng and her mother, who is a widow. Pray that Saul will continue to grow in faith and pray that God will bless Peng and her mother for their faithfulness and hospitality. And pray also that Saul's parents will hear the gospel and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, just as their daughter did. <clears throat> when we think of the cost that Christians living in hostile areas are restricted and restricted nations are willing to pay for following Christ and serving Him boldly, we should be more inspired to value and live out our own faith no matter the cost. Now let's just finish up our few, last few verses here. It says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. Grace is, you know, something you haven't earned. It's a gift. And so now this, this salvation is by God's grace because we did not earn it. We earned the opposite. In which we now stand, the grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, meaning <clears throat> our faith is attached to a future where we're going to share in God's glory. And we're going to see God's glorious plan worked out to fruition, to completion when all his people are redeemed, fully redeemed with new bodies on a new earth. And we boast in that hope. It's not a proud boasting. It's just that something we hang on to because we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's what God promised us. <clears throat> and not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. That's the, the strength to hang on during tough times. Character, and character builds our hope. So, we have that hope in the glory of God, which at the end 
means that we are going to be glorified with the glory of Christ and that God will be glorified completely because his whole plan for humanity has been accomplished. He will be fully magnified with no rivals. And hope in the Bible is not like, I wish it would happen. Hope in the Bible is this energizing, exciting, looking forward. We know it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet, so we got this excitement looking forward to it. That's that hope, because that's the hope of our salvation and the hope of God's victory. <clears throat> the Bible calls it hope, even though we use the word a little bit differently a lot of times. And then at the last two verses, it says, let me go back. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces a stronger hope. And hope does not put us to shame. We, we're not shamed in the fact that we put our hope in this in Christ. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. <clears throat> our faith is so amazing and so totally rewarding and eternally fulfilling that really it is worth any cost. Rocio paid the full cost and 15-year-old Saw got kicked out of her home for choosing that pathway. But as Christians, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so on this special day, let us enjoy the political freedom that we have at this time. The religious freedom that we have at this time. But let us put our full joy and our confidence in our freedom in Christ. Because with that comes a peace, even if everything turns bad in our political landscape. Because we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your salvation and your promises are so amazing and so beyond what we could even think if you hadn't told us. And so, Father, we just uh, put our anchor in your promises. And we thank you that you are here for us, even now at this time. But later, everything will be fulfilled to your glory, where you, you will be totally magnified, and we will be fully redeemed. And the creation will be fully renewed. So, Lord, we... we Anchor ourselves into that, uh, that hope and the peace that it brings us that we are, we are now reconciled to you and we walk in that faith. And Lord, help us to speak that faith to others and show them the way. And then, then just keep on praying for them. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.